0: Climate, atmospheric composition, photosynthesis, crop yields, it's all interrelated. Luckily, we have people like my next guest who study these things and produce usable research. This week, we're talking with three federal scientists, all women, who have received recognition from the National Academies of Science. First, I spoke with Lisa Ainsworth, a research molecular biologist at the Agricultural Research Service.
1: I study... Crop responses to um, atmospheric change, and so what that means is I study the response of crops to rising CO2 concentrations in the atmosphere, and also to ozone pollution.
0: But when you say crop response, that usually means how much comes out of a field. But as a molecular biologist, what do you specifically look at?
1: So I do most of my work in the field because we have a we have a unique facility at the um, USDA-ARS and the University of Illinois. Um, where we can grow crops under totally open-air field conditions, but with altered um, atmospheric composition, so uh, altered concentrations of carbon dioxide and ozone in the atmosphere. And the facility that, that we have is called SoyFACE, and so we primarily grow soybeans and maize under um, elevated concentrations of carbon dioxide and ozone. And so I study everything from the, the um, changes in gene expression in plants that are growing under these conditions to the yield and the quality of the product that we're getting out um, in, in um, altered atmospheric conditions. And so both carbon dioxide and ozone have risen um, um, in the atmosphere since the Industrial Revolution. And so ozone concentrations have roughly doubled since before the Industrial Revolution. Um, um, revolution and carbon dioxide concentrations have increased from about 280 parts per million to today. They're they're well over 400 parts per million. And so uh, what we're studying is how these changes in, in, in both of those pollutants um, are either going to remain high or will Im- increase um, into the future. And so what we're studying is how crops respond to those changes. Um, but in particular, what I look at is genetic variation. So which lines of the crop, perform better in altered environments and, and what makes them perform better and how can we then improve the crops that are in farmers fields in the future.
0: So as the levels of these two gases, the ozone and the CO2 rise, it doesn't necessarily mean the yields go down, but does it change the genetic makeup of the plants?
1: The genetic makeup of the plant changes all the time because companies are constantly – and and the public is – public breeders are constantly developing new varieties. And so the genetics is really determined by what the farmers choose to put in their fields. So I test – lines that are that have different genetic backgrounds to see how they respond to the um altered atmospheric conditions. And so when I'm testing these different lines what I'm doing is comparing their response in terms of everything from their from how photosynthesis is performing in different environments to how much yield they're getting um and and then how gene expression is changing amongst different lines and by sort of a comparative analysis, then we can identify the genes that are important for crop responses to either rising CO2 or to ozone. So in general, carbon dioxide is a substrate for photosynthesis. So in, in many crop types, if you increase the concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, then you increase you know, the primary reaction of photosynthesis, which then provides more sugars for growth. And so, what we found at at, at our experiment, that's been going on for about 20 years, is that rising CO2, on average, increases yield. um, But that doesn't always consistently happen. If there's a lot of drought stress, then actually rising CO2 um, can reverse the 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 beneficial effects of, um, or under drought stress, the benefits of elevated CO2 aren't, aren't really seen as strongly um and, and ozone is an is an oxidant it's a it's a um it's an air pollutant and so it's something that's monitored by the environmental protection agency and ozone concentrations decrease yield they cause oxidative stress in plants and they cause acceleration of of senescence which is the natural process of aging and
0: they decrease yield it sounds like there's a big practical application for this research such that farmers can change things and the product engineers, like Monsanto, which makes the soybeans, can alter their products to accommodate the changes that might be happening in the atmosphere in the climate
1: right and so I think that there's a practical aspect in 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 trying to um trying to grow and produce crops that perform um, optimally in the future, um, but there's also an important aspect in just understanding how plants in general respond to these atmospheric changes. And so this is important for understanding the interaction of vegetation with climate. It's under, it's important for understanding um, global carbon and water cycles um, now and into the future. Um, And so the, the data that we produce at soy face and in experiments that are similar to, uh, or other face experiments that are, um, that are occurring around the world are really critical for modeling efforts to understand how um, global environmental change will impact the the major cycles on the planet, so the carbon and the water and the nitrogen cycles.
0: We're speaking with Lisa Ainsworth, a research molecular biologist at the Agricultural Research Service out of Urbana, Illinois. You've gotten a major six-figure prize from the National Academies of Science. What did they cite in your work in granting that prize?
1: Um, Well, they cited my research, but also they cited the... um, the, the um, outreach work that I do and the promotion of science in general. And so I've had the great fortune of being involved in a number of outreach opportunities um, at the University of Illinois and with the USDA ARS. Uh, And one in particular is that along with um, colleagues at the University of Illinois, in particular Andrew Leakey, we developed a camp for junior high girls called Pollen Power. Um, And it's a week-long camp that we hold um, at the Institute for Genomic Biology at the University of Illinois. And we invite junior high girls from around the area to come for a week to learn about pollen and to learn about climate change and um, to hopefully pique their interest in science at an age where girls generally lose interest in confidence in science. We pair the junior high girls with graduate students or undergraduate student counselors. And then we also have speakers during the week that are um, women scientists of all ages. And so in that way, we hope that we can provide them with a vision of how they can remain in science for for their lives.
0: And what prompted your own interest in a scientific career?
1: That's a really good question. Um well my my dad's a corn breeder actually and I and I grew up um sort of watching him make pollinations and 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 devise new varieties of corn. He has a PhD from UC Davis uh, in genetics and so I think you know partly I think that that was a that was a pretty strong influence on my early life and then um I was just fascinated by the process of photosynthesis from when I first learned about it as an undergraduate.
0: Yes, I remember that from high school biology, and I also remember something called the Krebs cycle connected with it. Is there still a Krebs cycle? Does it still work?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So, yep, the the Krebs cycle is... is uh, yeah, yeah, is is certainly um central to carbon metabolism in in plants.
0: <laughs> sure. It sounds like this kernel didn't fall too far from the cob. And what will you do with the substantial prize that you did get from the National Academies?
1: Well, I haven't decided yet actually. Um I, I'm not sure. I I mean, hopefully we'll um we'll do something that'll benefit benefit the world. <laughs> But we haven't decided how to spend it yet.
0: Lisa Ainsworth is a research molecular biologist at the Agricultural Research Service. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Find a link to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash federal drive.